Coming up on Studios America, Sarah Gonzalez swings through to reveal an insurrection attempt by the left that the media is ignoring. A shocker. The Navy gears up to start calling the unvaccinated in the ranks. And as the supply chain crisis grows nearer, we ask the question, where the hell is Secretary of Transportation Buttigieg? <laughs> what happened to the guy? We have the answer for you, as we do, Paternity Pete. Stu does America. Well, our economy is buckling. Our supply chain is crashing. Boats are lining up off the shores like there's a Trump parade in a lake near the villages. And where is our transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg? Where is he when he's so needed at home on paternity leave? Ladies and gentlemen, we found the one time progressives think fatherhood is valuable. We did it, everybody. Good job. I don't care about what uh, Pete Buttigieg does with his family. The question is, what does it mean for the country in our current crisis? We'll get to Mayor Pete here in a second. But first, we should talk about what is the crisis, because it's not hitting everybody equally yet, but it's going to be a big impact here over the next few months, at least. There's a crisis of our supply chain, and this goes back to the beginning of COVID. Uh, obviously, COVID hits, countries start shutting down, manufacturing centers start shutting down, and companies begin bracing for an economic downturn that they believe is ahead. Now, there are a lot of effects that hurt the economy, but it doesn't shut everything down. It doesn't hit as hard as predicted, or at least uh, the worst case scenario that we may have been facing at that time. So uh, what happens with our supply chain? Well, shipping containers that normally are constantly shuttering, uh, sh shuttling uh, goods back and forth between China and the USA, for example, instead start doing all these other things that are related to COVID. There's not as much demand for goods, but there is demand for things like, you know, PPE, masks and gowns and all that stuff. So instead of taking all of the stuff, uh, you know, your normal electronics and stuff from China, uh, to the United States, they're taking PPE to Africa or someplace else. And this is the situation. Usually what happens is, the, you know, let's say the goods go from China to the USA then they get they get emptied out, filled back up with new stuff that we're sending back to China and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. There's a lot of trade that goes that way. I think a lot of people think we don't make anything here anymore. We have the second largest manufacturing economy uh, that exports uh, stuff in the world. So we, a, lot of, a lot of our stuff goes back not only to here, but to other countries around the world. Well, when they go to Africa, that's not exactly the same situation. So they drop off the PPE, and then the containers just stay there. They stay there empty. Um, they don't return full like they might from the United States. And what happens is a lot of these shipping containers wind up getting taken sort of out of commission, and the prices start going up. As the economy sort of reboots and recovers, pricing goes up like five and 10 times as much for a shipping container as it used to be uh, just a couple of years ago. There's incredible amounts of demand from places like China and, and, and India to the United States of America. And the problem is the prices are so high that yes, they wanna take stuff from China to the USA. However, lower priced goods that might go back from the USA to China, a lot of these shipping companies don't even want to wait for it because it's small potatoes now. So they will, they will basically uh, go back empty because they don't want to wait to get them all filled up and restocked to go back to China. Now, of course, this hurts 
people like farmers in the USA that export uh, lots of goods to other countries. A lot of this goes back to the point where we have this, uh, this world of on-demand shipping. Uh, we have an economy that runs basically on demand now. The warehouse thing is sort of a th thing of the past. I remember when we first started uh, doing uh, merch here, by the way, studosmerch.com uh, is the place to go to get the merch for this particular program. But when, back in the day, when we were doing it for uh, the radio show, we would order like tons of shirts and we'd have them in closets. There would be a prize closet with all the shirts and whenever we'd sold stuff, we had to get, send it out. Then we had to get, when, it, when the show got really big, we had to have warehouse space that we had to rent with all this merchandise ready to go. Well, that world has changed. And now when you buy a shirt, it gets printed up and sent to you. Um, that's the type of thing that goes on with the economy at a much larger scale. So when you order something, it's coming a lot of times directly right after it's made. Each step in this chain is dependent on the previous one. And so when you're making a car, uh, Glenn talked to uh, an executive from uh, uh, a big car company recently and talked about how the, the parts were showing up when everything's running smoothly, the parts will show up to put in the car. Like, 20 minutes before they're ready to go in the car. It's that tight of a, of a situation. The stuff shows up, it's not unpacked and held in a warehouse for three months. It's unpacked and put right into the car. Stuff now is coming from China and all these other countries around the globe into the United States and they're pulling up to the port and they're realizing they can't get into the port. They're just gonna, they just pull up and they go into port and if they eventually unload their stuff, it winds up getting unloaded into the port and then not removed because no one has a place to put it. The ports are filling up, there's a long line, you've seen all the pictures of the long lines at all these ports around the country. Now we're looking at a possibility of months, if not years, until things get worked out. Not to mention, there are bigger threats looming right now that could make it much, much, much worse for a long time. Taiwan is one of the, is basically the leader in uh, chips that go into every little thing you have now. Obviously cars and computers and things like that, but also like your refrigerator and your, you know, probably your new oven has chips in it. Everything has chips in it now. So if China decides to become even more threatening to Taiwan or go to war with them or try to take them over, we could be in serious trouble for a really long time. This brings us back to Pete Buttigieg. He's been on paternity leave since mid-August. Now you may note uh, that the time today, we're talking about like mid-October, so we're, it's a couple of months now. And you know, people are questioning, understandably, we're in the middle of a crisis, what's going on with paternity Pete? Well, first, a couple of thoughts on paternity leave generally. I love you. You're wonderful. Thank, you know what, you can write I love you too, Stu, in the comments right now, and I will love you for doing so. I love doing this show. It's a lot of fun, but I love my family more. No offense. I, uh, I have no problem with paternity leave as a general principle. Now, of course, government shouldn't mandate it, but you know, for a dad to go home and, and, uh, and have a little time with their kids, I think that's a great, a great thing. It's something that conservatives should be encouraging, right? All of a sudden, the left cares about fatherhood. It's amazing. Companies should offer it if they can, if they're able to. And uh, I don't think the government should be doing it, but companies, it's a good thing to offer to dads. Dads should have time to bond with their kids as well. It's not just a mom thing. This is a family thing. And take some of the pressure off of mom, you know, uh, who is at home trying to do everything right after giving birth. You know, part of this is because there is a physical toll on a mom after a birth. I don't know if anyone's ever noticed this before. Could be a new concept. 
it's good for a dad to be able to let the mom, you know, get some sleep in that first couple of weeks, especially. Now, this is not a factor for Pete Buttigieg, obviously, but I'm sure they have some family dynamic that I don't want any additional knowledge of. But I think the tough guy act of being back at work three hours after birth is kind of silly, honestly. I mean, I, you know, um, family is more important than work, and we should understand that and acknowledge it, especially as conservatives and people who believe in a nuclear family. Uh, I will remember uh, the time that I had with my kids after they were born a lot more than anything you would remember me saying on this stupid show. That is just the truth of the matter, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I think it's a, it's a good concept if the company is able to provide it. It's a great perk for dads. But about 70% of dads take two weeks or less. We're looking at two months for Buttigieg now, and we're in the middle of a crisis. So what do we do? Here's my recommendation for Pete Buttigieg. I know, I'm sure you're watching Pete and your uh, husband, uh, whatever his name happens to be. Uh, I'm sure you're watching now, and I want you to take this to heart. We are in the middle of a crisis, and you have an important role in this whole situation. That's why I am hoping you will consider staying home even longer. If you come back to work, you definitely are going to make this worse. You are incompetent. You're not good at your job. You know that you're not good at your job. I'm pretty sure Joe Biden knows you're not good at your job. I've kind of always thought the offer for Pete Buttigieg to be the Secretary of Transportation was just a troll from Biden anyway. I mean, everyone was making fun of him for fixing potholes in South Bend or wherever he was the mayor. Do you remember this ad from the campaign? Barack Obama called Joe Biden best vice president America's ever had. But Pete Buttigieg doesn't think much of the vice president's record. Let's compare. When President Obama called on him, Joe Biden helped lead the passage of the Affordable Care Act, which gave health care to 20 million people. And when parkgoers called on Pete Buttigieg, he installed decorative lights under bridges, giving citizens of South Bend colorfully illuminated rivers. Both Vice President Biden and former Mayor Buttigieg have taken on tough fights. Under threat of a nuclear Iran, Joe Biden helped to negotiate the Iran deal. And under threat of disappearing pets, Buttigieg negotiated lighter licensing regulations on pet chip scanners. Both Vice President Biden and former Mayor Pete have helped shape our economy. Joe Biden helped save the auto industry, which revitalized the economy of the Midwest and led the passage and implementation of the Recovery Act, saving our economy from a depression. Pete Buttigieg revitalized the sidewalks of downtown South Bend by laying out decorative brick. <laughs> I mean, decorative brick, everyone. <laughs> hey, Pete, remember you put lights on a bridge and bricks on a sidewalk? You should be the Secretary of Transportation. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be a funny thing to offer? Wait, we did offer it to him? Oh, no. I have nothing against Mayor Pete taking some time with his kids. Thanks again for the left for the very first time recognizing the importance of fathers. I hope this is just the beginning of a long-term relationship with your uh, idea that fathers are actually important. I can understand criticism of how long he's taking, but let's be brutally honest here. We are in a crisis. There is no way Pete does anything other than screw this up further. We should be offering him a raise to stay home. So you go to built.com, 
you order a mix box of Built Bars. There's nine different flavors that come in. You get a couple of each. You pop them in the refrigerator. This is advice directly from my wife, so you know it's good. You put them in the refrigerator. You chill them a little bit, okay? And you get to del enjoy delicious flavors like coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, and more. And it will fill you up. It might replace a meal for you. might just be a great snack. We're talking 180 calories or less, 18 grams of protein, low in sugar, low in carbs. You wouldn't know it by tasting them, though. Why? Because they taste great, and they actually care about the taste. It's not like the typical sawdust uh, and weird chemicals that they put in these things. Go to Built.com and use the promo code STU15. You'll save 15% off your first order. Why haven't you done this yet? You know you're gonna like the Built Bars. Why not go get a box? Stew15 is the code for 15% off at Built.com. It's Built.com. It's been a very long time. It's so long I can't even remember the last time we had Sarah Gonzalez on this program. She commutes all the way from the other side of the room. She's the host of the News and White Matters right here on Blaze TV, as well as Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to that. Sarah, how's it going? It's going good. I finally, I made it. I made the trek mm -hmm. all the way over here. I you appreciate are a trooper. You, me. you uh, are yeah. a trooper. Well, it, it took me a lot of steps on my uh, Fitbit. Yeah. I'm here. And you were able to do that without Pete Buttigieg's help whether he wasn't even at work and you yeah. were able to transport yourself over here how well, does this stuff happen well i, I had to walk yeah that's the thing. <laughs> okay yeah because yeah. uh, i think i had this idea that things happen in, in the united states without the federal government's help i was thinking that maybe people do mm -hmm. things on their own mm -hmm. and not everything's tied to who's working any given day what are you some kind of radicalist <laughs> yes some kind of anarchist yes. what are you talking about basically michael malice over here <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> really? He's infiltrated the building. What does a transportation secretary even do on a day-to-day -day basis? Okay, so I'm going to be really honest with you. Mm -hmm. I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> but what I do know is that when there is a crisis uh -huh. dealing with boats... He definitely should be in charge of that. <laughs> he should at least show up on those days. You would the think. boat crisis days. Yes. Like the Titanic. Right. You, you wanted to have the transportation secretary. You want the secretary transportation under. secretary. Or you don't, depending on who the <laughs> transportation secretary is. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because that is where I've landed on this, in that, like, I think we should pay him more to stay home. <laughs> Like, I think we should give him a raise. I don't want to pay him more. No, I don't care. I'll pay him triple. Just don't do anything, please. Because <laughs> yeah, he's only going to make this worse, Sarah. I, well, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, look, there's a reason why nobody realized he was gone until there was, like, a story. And then everyone goes, oh, yeah. I forgot that. That was his job. Literally, the only thing that I'm aware of him doing <laughs> since he started was fake riding his bike to work. I said the same thing <laughs> earlier today. Really? Yes. That's the only thing I've noticed about him. Yes. Is he got he took an with SUV the, with the dorky helmet. Yeah. Took an SUV right down like to from a block from his <laughs> office, and then took a bike God, out of the, the back of it and rode it to work, so it looked like he was saving the environment. It's my favorite Pete Buttigieg <laughs> moment <laughs> by far. It's the only one I like. <laughs> it's so him. Yeah. It's so fake and, yes. and, and staged yes. and just awful. Yeah. Uh, he never answered for that either, did he? No, of course not. In what world would that happen? with a? Can you imagine if a Republican did something, anything close to this? All it would be on every news channel is every other Republican having to answer for it. This is obviously, uh, this should have been a scandal, I think. I don't know why you're so homophobic. You can't be holding gay yeah. people accountable for their own actions. Yeah, that's true. Please. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, so he is home with, yes. uh, for multiple months now yeah. with his husband um, taking care of their two kids. Mm -hmm. And like, I, there's a part of me that has sympathy for 
the, the paternity leave argument. I, you know, I stayed home for a couple of weeks yeah. with my kids. Yeah. And I you want to bond say, with your children. You, you bond with mm-hmm. your children. You get to help out your wife who physically gave birth. Right. That was a big deal. Right. And like, I will remember those couple of weeks much more than any dumb thing I would have done here at work. So I'm not I, like I'm not against paternity leave, but like multiple months seems a tad excessive. And that's where I'm at too. That's where I'm at too. My husband, same as you, um, he was home for a couple weeks and he took vacation time in order to do that. And that was to help me, to help us bond as a family. Uh, you know, as it turns out, I was, in fact, the one who just birthed the baby. Yeah, okay. It wasn't and him. It, it, no, okay. it wasn't in this partic- him. In this individual instance, it was not a man. Correct. Correct. We're not saying it can't happen, obviously. I can confirm that it was, in fact, a woman. Mm-hmm. It was me. And that it, it takes a little bit out of you. When you have a baby, yeah. as it turns out. Yeah. So you do need some recovery time. You do need some help around the house. Um, so, but I agree with you. Like, I, I want to have a little bit of empathy for trying to bond with a new baby. But it, I, you just lose me at Pete Buttigieg has been out since mid-August. And it is now mid-October. And he's nowhere to be found during a crisis. You lose me. You lose me. Because as a mom, I birthed the baby. And I still, I tried my best to only be gone a month. I birthed the baby. Right. And I would have been back in a month had the baby not had health issues. Yeah, because I mean, I think there's a good argument to say like, okay, if dad's around, he comes home, he stays home for a little bit, especially in those most difficult times and is able to maybe wake up in the middle of the night and rock the baby a little bit. And when you're trying to sleep and recover, like, I think that's a, there's a real rational argument for that. I've seen though around the world, some of these paternity leave situations are amazing. Like in Europe, it's, it's like four to six months. They said in Japan, it's up to a year. That's insane. No wonder they've been in a in a recession for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I know. And that's insane. And that's why you hear the left like, oh, it sounds so warm and fuzzy and great to say, don't you want families to be able to yeah. bond with their with their babies, with their children? But that's not you can't look at it like that. You have to look at it reasonably. How can you have a strong economy when just because someone uh, has a baby you let them keep their spot at work for six months. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, we have the, was it Family Medical Leave Act? Yes. That, that I think, is it eight it's, to 12 weeks of unpaid, yes. unpaid yes. Uh, leave for a family emergency? Right. Which again, I'm, I am, you know, I like some of this stuff. I don't want any of it coming through the government. I think that's right. a, that's a terrible idea. Um, but, you know, there, there is a, there's an argument to be, to be made there. I just don't think in Pete, in Pete's case, well, what I kind of thought was interesting about this is that the left, completely dismisses fatherhood in every other instance. Wow, that's a great point. (laughs) All of a sudden, they found the magic of fatherhood. This is brand new for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That is an actually great point. I hadn't (laughs) thought of that. Uh, Fathers are to be dismissed. They're not supposed to have any say in whether or not uh, their baby is aborted. I mean, they're just supposed to hand over money for child support purposes, I guess. Mm -hmm. Once the baby is around, oh, and by the way, even if you're just a sperm donor and didn't sign up to be the actual father uh but now when it comes down to it it's very special when it's people to judge and there's a crisis yeah yeah that's true i mean <laughs> he's not not even doing his job again i'm fine with that uh because he's just <laughs> going to screw it up further the hypocrisy though is amazing yeah. uh i think on this and you look at um you know another piece of hypocrisy going around washington we have heard nonstop about january 6th and how terrible it was and look we've both talked about this on your show as well we're like i you know there's a lot of i'm i i I hold no reference for january 6th as a date however we've seen the left do the types of things we saw on january 6th just at other buildings (laughs) over and over and over again and there was another example this week yeah yeah it was uh the climate change activists Mm. who stormed Stu. 
This is going to take me a second because okay. it's just, it was like wow. one of our, it was the darkest day of our, the leftists would say, of our democracy. But wow. I Since know the Civil that, War? Or do yeah. you think, does it eclipse the Civil War? It might eclipse it the might. Civil War. <laughs> okay. It was just yesterday. Where were oh, wow. you? Where were you on 1014? On 10 where were you uh, on 1014 when climate change activists were storming the <laughs> Department of Interior? Uh, wow. They stormed a federal building, Stu. They yeah. stormed a federal building violently. We've somehow found violently. the one job that's less exciting <laughs> than the Department of Transportation Secretary. The Department of Interior. The Department of Interior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So wait, they were, so they, they actually, this actually happened, this right? This really did we happen. Some, some pictures of, yeah. it, of it going on. They, they stormed the Department of Interior, why They did, and they pushed past the police, well, to make their stance known on climate change. Ah. These radical environmentalists, they had been there the whole week, they had been protesting, and every day they did something new. And uh, yesterday they decided to uh, just, you know, start an insurrection. So they they are insurrectionists now. I mean, it, you know, it's it's funny, but it's 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 really happened, and it, this has happened, by the way, a ton of times with environmentalists. Uh -huh. there, there were times where they've got the Discovery uh, TV channel was taken over by a gunman at one point who was a radical right. environmentalist. Uh, they've obviously done all sorts yeah. of uh, di physical damage to you know fossil fuel plants and things they think are damaging uh, the environment. They took over a building in uh, in on the West Coast relatively recently. Uh, this stuff is real, and we just saw. I think it was, was it New York or the New Yorker? I do get them confused. They're both as pompous as the other. Uh, but talking about how, hey, look, you know, we need to understand that maybe some sabotage is a good idea here. Well, right, but this is also coming at the same time that we just heard news that there is a judge that is asking the DOJ to open up a civil rights probe into how the January 6th detainees are being treated because of what he saw. There was a broken wrist. He didn't get medical attention. All the reports that we're hearing are all of the January 6th detainees are not being afforded due process. They're not having access to their lawyer. They're in solitary confinement. They're being treated under horrible conditions. I'd be interested to see how these climate change activists get treated, even though if we look, I mean, just look at it on a baseline level. They stormed their way into a federal building. They, these were, I mean, they violently pushed past police officers. They did all of the same things that January 6th detainees were accused of doing. I don't think we're going to hear about this next week. Due process only comes for you if you're the right person. Yes. That is definitely where we are. And look, we've had... Uh, it, it, on paper, it's always been a great concept, right? right. It has not always been applied right. correctly. Right. We can look back in the past and find many examples where that where that went on. Uh, and now it seems to be like if you're not, you know, like it, due process for the Me Too movement, mm -hmm. for example, very unevenly applied. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem to be really associated anymore with a, a standing principle. It just seems to be this thing that we throw around when it's when it's convenient. Yeah, 110. Per, well, we don't throw it around when no. it's convenient. The left and all of the institutions, uh, because they are controlled by the left, are constantly doing that, which I think is sad because especially in instances of uh, actual Me Too violations and in instances where you really would say these people stormed a federal building and should not be allowed to do that, everything gets minimized. Yeah, it really does. Everything gets minimized and then nothing matters because you've made a big deal out of all of these other things and you refuse to uh, take responsibility for all the rest. Let me talk about uh, another thing that I think we're seeing some uh, some interesting developments on when it comes to the left and the way they handle mm -hmm. these issues, which is the Chappelle uh, situation with Netflix. You know, we talked a little bit about this before. I think like there is this idea that everybody is going to get canceled eventually. Yes. When you start when you when you're Dave Chappelle, 
you're saying these things, you're not allowed to be saying these things, these are things that are off limits to you. Mm-hmm. Were you at all surprised to see Netflix say, you know what, we're gonna stand by Chappelle for now? I wasn't, I wasn't, because I think that, um, I mean, they, they're going where the money goes, Yeah. right, for now. Like you said, for now, they're going where the money goes. And um, I think that they understand that all of these people who are so upset probably were not going to uh, do anything for Netflix anyway. Right. Right. So what so why would you (laughs) make a big deal, cancel all the you know, cancel the special, potentially lose money for people who are on the fringes. You probably weren't making money off of them anyway. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't see them going for that. There it's all, it's all about the bottom dollar, I think. I, I th- and I think that's, yeah, it's interesting because like, I think in some ways I would almost be comfortable with that standard. Yeah. As odd as it sounds. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, if it's As long be- as it was uniform yeah, across it, the board. If it benefits your bottom right. line, I understand it and I would be uncomfortable with it and I want you to stand up, but okay. Right. Usually though, it's the opposite. Like, I mean, certainly t- kicking Gina Carano off of Star Wars That's was fair. not good for their bottom line. That's for, fair, for That's Disney, Disney Plus, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, they also had some of their uh, contributors and actors, of uh, people who are acting in other, other left-wing shows come out and say, well, we're, going, we're not gonna work with Netflix anymore. Uh, you know, I, I, it, it does come back to me, and I think, you know, the Washington Redskins said they weren't going to change their name at first. Yeah. Cleveland Indians yeah, said fair. they weren't going to change their names at first. I don't know. Is Dave Chappelle the one guy who isn't able to be canceled? I mean, maybe so, but I will say, too, in Dave Chappelle's last comedy special, he did make a lot of the same types of jokes yeah. that he's being hit for here. So it's not like Netflix didn't know what to expect when they <laughs> signed this deal, right? Yeah. They knew what they were going to get with him. And, um, you know, he obviously didn't learn his lesson from the left the last time. So, I mean, at least they, they knew what they were walking into. And I guess maybe he's untouchable. He's the only untouchable one, I would think. I don't know of anyone else. I don't either. Yeah. I mean, I, you watch this happen, and I feel like usually you have these, like, you bump up against it first. Like, there's the complaint, and then they, they're able to successfully push it down. Right. The only one I've ever seen ever fight it off completely was the Masters when, back in the day when they said they, they didn't have female members at the time. And they just were like, you know what, fine, we won't air any commercials this year. <laughs> they were just like, they have, they have that much money, they don't care. Eventually, they wind up, uh, you know, did add uh, female members to the club. But, like, it does seem like these guys eventually fold. Yeah. You hit them enough times. You know, the Raiders with John Gruden, like, the first thing comes out, it's really bad. I mean, they're like, okay, well, he apologized. That second wave is, is almost too much, it seems, often yeah, for these companies. Yeah, but I also think a lot of these, not all of them, but I think at least some of these corporations are realizing you guys are setting an unlivable standard for these people. We're yeah. going to have to fire literally anyone we work with if we hold everyone to these same standards because they're just doing it more and more. I mean, you mentioned John Gruden. I heard a lot of the average American saying, this is ridiculous. Yeah. This is ridiculous. I, so I think everyone realizes the more and more these stories come out, like, guys, we can't keep living this way. No one, literally no one will have a job Yeah. if, if that's where we go. Yeah, there's this theory that, you know, like uh, antibacterial soap, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the stuff we've been, the Purell we've been putting on our hands yeah. constantly since COVID started. There's the not idea, me. not you. The <laughs> idea, though, is eventually it would get to that point where you could let, you could create a superbug, like super bacteria. Yes, yes. And there's a theory among this cancel culture argument where 
if you keep canceling people, eventually there are people that just become immune. I mean, Donald Trump is a good example of it. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's been accused of everything, right. literally everything. He's, you know, basically Hitler, literally Hitler, um, by, according to the left. But also, like, all the Me Too accusations, all the things about being insensitive, all the racism, all the sexism, all those things, yeah. and nothing ever seems to stick to him. You've almost created a person who's impervious, and it seems like that might be the way this goes. So I wonder if there, we should look into how often, the, if the person apologizes, if the network mm. or company is more apt to fire them rather than Dave Chappelle, take the Dave Chappelle route where you go, I don't care what you have to say. I'm not apologizing for jack crap. Yeah. Right. Screw you. It's just a better approach, isn't it? I mean, it seems to be. It, it sucks, seems though, to be. Because it, it eliminates the possibility of actually apologizing if you mean it. Right. Because you can't do it. Yes. Even yes. if you mean it, even if you're like, crap, I really did screw that one up. You can't say it. Yeah. Because yeah. Your, your life is over. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, all right, Sarah Gonzalez. Now, uh, before we let you go, uh, what's the news on the makeup line? Is this thing happening? It is. It, it is. is. Yes. We're on? actually, so we're in the middle of a restock because we did a soft launch and oh, wow. sold out of a bunch of different uh, uh, lip colors. So we're in the middle of a restock. You got to go check out American Beauty by Sarah. Uh, well, not you, but everyone I else. I think I would look nice in it. I don't know why. I'll get you like a nice firecracker red. Yeah, I think that's, that's bring out your eyes. I think you think so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. But I'll... yeah, beauty brand for women who love America. Uh, what a, a crazy concept. I know. Uh, for Americans who love America. I know. Uh, it's bizarre. It's controversial. Uh, and where do people go again? It's uh, AmericanBeautyBySarah.com. Very cool. Very cool. Sarah Gonzalez, host of Blaze TV's The News and Why It Matters. And, of course, Sarah Gonzalez, unfiltered on YouTube. And American Beauty by Sarah. Sarah, thanks for coming in. Thank you. So if you uh, were stuck at your timeshare in Wuhan a couple years ago and you've still been there the entire time, unable to come back home, good news, you can come back starting November 8th if you're fully vaccinated. Don't want you here if you had the virus naturally. Uh, don't want you here for any other reason. But if you happen to be fully vaccinated, you can come back from Wuhan. Congratulations. We'll be happy to see you. This is a new uh, thing from the White House. They're saying that anyone, uh, foreign visitors, uh, can now come back uh, to, or come to the United States starting on November 8th if they're fully vaccinated. This is an expansion. One of the things they're trying to do is uh, make the laws a little more uniform, which is understandable if you're coming from, if you're a foreign visitor, you want to have one set of standards to be able to fly into the United States. They're trying to make that a little bit um, more understandable. I will say, uh, you can I like the idea of a vaccine mandate or dislike it. However, we definitely have the right to tell foreign visitors to do whatever we want. And that's that's a conservative position. <laughs> we want to tell people who are coming to visit or coming to be uh, immigrants here in this country. We absolutely have the right to tell them uh, if we want them to be vaccinated in a certain way. We do that with a bunch of different vaccines. Obviously, the covid one is the is the one that's in the news right now. But that sort of stuff happens all the time. That's part of our sovereignty. We're able to do that. Now, of course, that does not apply to illegal immigrants who can come over and do whatever they want whenever they want. It's in the Constitution. Always remember that. Um, the Navy is getting ready to start discharging sailors who refuse the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, this is a this is another one that falls into this weird area here. Obviously, 
you know, you know my position on this. I don't think we should have a mandate uh, for vaccines uh, among the military, though there are a lot of vaccines on the uh, military members already. There's all sorts of uh, uh, mandates on them. Uh, you know, it's as a soldier, you kind of know the game going in that you're going to be required to do a lot of things you don't want to do uh, up to and including killing other human beings. <laughs> this is a very difficult thing, obviously, and these are the best people among us. They are required to, for example, take the MMR vaccine, uh, even if they already had it, which is like a bonkers overkill, you'd, you'd think. Uh, but that that is actually part of the requirement to to be in the military, um, at least for many members. Um, there's it's interesting. They say that there's been 164 deaths within Navy due to covid, which exceeds the combined total of all other health or mishap deaths over the same time period. Um, so, look, we all know that covid is uh, dangerous. And, uh, you know, if you think. Uh, the vaccine is right for you and your personal situation. Uh, you should definitely get it. If you don't think it's right for you, uh, you know, you, you, you shouldn't. I mean, I, you know, it's, I think you got to make that decision on your own. I'm not your dad. I'm not your doctor. What's interesting here, though, is that um, you might say, OK, well, look, if 50 percent of the military members are not getting vaccinated, this could cause some serious outbreaks. They're living on top of each other. They might be inside of submarines. One of the first outbreaks happened on the USS Theodore Roosevelt, and it was one of the ones they studied really closely because it was such an isolated area. It really gave us a pure vision as to how this thing spread. Uh, it was one of our really early understandings as to how outbreaks occur uh, was among the military. You can see that being really interesting. However, 98% uh, of active duty Navy uh, personnel have already been vaccinated. 98% which is far above and beyond every estimate we have for herd immunity. So what is the point of this? Again, it just seems like it's control for no reason. And it's going to, you know, look, you don't want to lose valuable military members out of your military. This just seems completely nuts. And as much as I always say, like, you know, I'm always like, look, I don't want to do these things because of personal liberty reasons. I don't want to do these things because they're unconstitutional here with the military. They are constitutional. Uh, I mean, even George Washington had uh, had co had uh, he didn't have covid vaccine mandates, but he had I think it was smallpox vaccine mandates among his uh, troops. This goes back to the our founding and in the military. Again, you're asked to do all sorts of uncomfortable things, but like. We're already at 98% and the mandate hasn't started kicking in and getting people kicked out yet. Why are we doing this? Why? Why does this happen? It just, uh, it just happens to be where we are. And it doesn't help that the media is constantly lying about all this stuff. Let me give you this. This is uh, Don Lemon. Uh, to bring it back to yesterday, Joe Rogan has an interview with Sanjay Gupta. He says, hey, why were you lying about me taking horse dewormer all the time on CNN? And he said, I didn't hear them say that. Uh, and he said, well, your network was lying about me constantly. Then Gupta, to talk about that interview, goes on with Don Lemon, who says they weren't lying all along. Watch. He, he did say something about ivermectin that I think wasn't actually correct about CNN and lying. OK, mm. ivermectin is a drug that is commonly used as a horse dewormer. So it is not a lie to say that the drug is used as a horse dewormer. Mm. I, I, I think that's important. And it is not approved for covid. Correct? That's right. That's correct. 
It, it, it is not approved for COVID. And you're right. I mean, the FDA even put out a, a statement saying, you know, basically reminding people it was a strange sort of message from the FDA, but that said, you're not a horse, you're not a cow, stop taking this stuff, is essentially what they said, referring okay, to so ivermectin. Okay, so you get the point there. Now, it's now, interesting think- uh, because... There's a line Lemon's drawing there. He says it's not a lie to say it's commonly used as a horse dewormer. Um, That's true in a technical sense. It is not a lie because it is commonly used as a horse dewormer. But why would you phrase it that way? Why would you phrase it that way when it is also commonly used as a medication for human beings? It's like saying, uh, well, uh, that uh, when when uh, Bob over there woke up in the morning, he had a drink commonly used to hydrate horses. It was water. I mean, yes, it's true. It is commonly used to hydrate horses, but that's not important at all. So uh, Grabian went by, back and said, I, you know, I kind of do remember them telling some actual lies. You'll hear a mix here between the, uh, the misleading comments and the actual lies. But listen to just this montage of CNN and how they treated Joe Rogan. It blows my mind that Joe Rogan just yesterday admitted to taking ivermectin. Ivermectin is something more often used to deworm horses. CNN is saying I'm taking horse dewormer. Rogan telling his 13 million Instagram followers that he was treated with several drugs and he included ivermectin on the list, a drug used for livestock. Rogan said the word Mm. ivermectin. Yes, that's the deworming medicine made to kill parasites and farm animals. Why would they lie and say that's horse dewormer? So things are clearly bad. But they're being made even worse by people who have refused to take the vaccine and instead are swallowing horse paste. Wait, 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 wait a second. He, he said that he got better because he ate he said cattle he's been, dewormer. He, they must know that that's a lie. You have individuals like Joe Rogan, for example, who, uh, who don't want to take an experimental vaccine but will take horse dewormer. Well, well, hmm. well, well. If well, it well. isn't old, horse worm Rogan. <laughs> Ivermectin is often used to deworm livestock. Ivermectin apparently given to deworm animals. It's a lie on a news network, it, and it's it, a lie that's a willing, that's, that's a lie that they're conscious of. It's not a mistake. Yeah. They're unfavorably framing it as veterinary medicine. Joe Rogan, uh, he came down with COVID. He says, he says he's been taking the uh, livestock dewormer. Uh, ivermectin. They lied what and they said say? I was taking horse dewormer. Ivermectin is a drug that is commonly used as a horse dewormer. They keep saying I'm taking horse dewormer. I literally got it from a doctor. You know, doctors right. say it. Doctors say you could take it for humans. Yeah, but not for coronavirus. He may not have gotten it from the feed supply store, but it's the same compound. When you have a horse deworming medication that's discouraged by the government, that actually causes some people in this crazed environment we're in to actually want to try it. That's the upside down where we're in with figures like Joe Rogan. Bro, do I have to sue CNN? He also acknowledged taking a controversial treatment design for animals. Does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied, well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer. They, they, they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. I do know, and I could tell you exactly why they did it. They did it intentionally. They did it intentionally to try to make him look like a crazy person, to try to make anybody who disagreed with them about COVID or some treatment look like an insane person who's basically ingesting horse medicine. That's why they did it. They wanted to make him look crazy and honestly like some of those were just the sort of misinformation framing it in a way that made him look worse than he was some of them were out and out lies and i would not be surprised if joe rogan tries to hold them accountable
If you're trying to buy or sell a home uh, these days, it can be very challenging. You need a real estate agent that you can trust that will come in and help you deal with a crazy market. Uh, you know, if you want to get your house painted, for example, you might say, well, I I would love a bright, hot pink on the outside. And you need a real estate agent that's going to slap you upside the head and say, hey, idiot, don't do that. OK, that's an important thing. You need to have someone who's going to be honest with you and boil all these things down. If you, there are sometimes you feel like I know I have uh, I've had these feelings before. I've had relatives who've had these feelings that think I can't sell this house. This part isn't perfect and this part isn't perfect. And I got to do this first and then I can sell it. A lot of times that's not true. You should just be selling it. There's no reason to go through all those repairs when you're not going to get the money out of it. That's the fundamental equation. A real estate agent that is good can help you answer those questions and make sure you only fix the things you need to fix. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find that person in your area, no matter where you are in the United States. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Please make me feel good about myself and go to my YouTube page and subscribe, uh, hit the little bell, do all the things. We really appreciate when you do that. You can watch every show, at least the ones they let us keep up there, on YouTube. And uh, you can also comment during the show live underneath. This one comes in from yesterday's Chartapalooza program where we did lots of uh, COVID charts for you. I love, love, love Chartapalooza. It's my favorite holiday. I put up my Chartapalooza tree to celebrate. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Also, we should tell you we have a new exclusive content up at YouTube right now. Um, we we introduce you to a somewhat uh, somewhat credible doctor. Uh, his name was Dr. Elvid Lorch. You can go see this video at hi, I'm Dr. Elvid Lorch. Um, but it's uh, brand new. It's up there right now. Jimmy writes, uh, the scary thing is I find Dr. Lorch more credible than Fauci, which... It's not a good thing for our society. Or maybe it is. Actually, maybe it is. Uh, also, you can get uh, the show on Facebook as well. We appreciate when you go over to Facebook and make sure you uh, follow the show. If you hold the follow button down, you'll get the fancy little menu that pops up and you can set us as a favorite. If you do that, it will break through all of the evil tech algorithm robots. Uh, you will defeat the algorithm robots in real time just by uh, doing that and making us one of your favorites. We do appreciate uh, when you take the time to do that. And, of course, rate and review us on podcasts wherever you're listening. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. And remember, when you rate us and send us a really good review, it not only does something good for us, but it also hurts other podcasts. Think of the damage you're doing to left-wing podcasts all across the world when you give us a good rating. It makes them feel sad and that is the most important thing. Back in a second. All right, well, we have uh, the supply chain crisis that stole Christmas, which is right around the corner. Uh, you can get Taliban Joe merch right now. Of course, we gave the award to uh, for person of the year to uh, Taliban Joe Biden for the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. <laughs> if you want to get the t-shirt, get the mug, make sure you check that out. Great Christmas presents. Get them early because you know how things are right now. Um, uh, so you can get all the merch uh, there. Okay, so here's what happened. Woman goes on a date and they're going to go out and get something to eat. Now, this part sounds completely rational to me. He takes her to Taco Bell and that's where I would take someone on a date. Oddly enough, I did not have a ton of success dating. I don't I just, you know, people are too shallow, I think is the real answer. Uh, but he took her to Taco Bell. They go through the drive through. He orders 100 tacos. Now, that's at least five or six more than I would ever order on a date. 
but anyway, he gets to the we get to the uh, the window and he takes out his wallet and then realizes, oh no, oh gosh, I don't have the wallet. Sad, I know. Uh, so she was stuck paying for a hundred tacos. Nice first date. Uh, I did a little research on the date, and while uh, an official username was not given, I did figure it out. It's at Jay Fisher Choose the Fat Blaze TV. So I don't know, Internet sleuths, if you can figure out, if you can figure out who that was, then maybe we can get this woman her money back, or at least get me some of the tacos, which would be just as good.